Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. This is your first time tuning into the show. Welcome. All you regular listeners, welcome back. If you guys haven't subscribed to the show yet, make sure you do so wherever you're listening to this. CastBox, Spotify, Apple. Hit that subscribe button or the follow button. And if you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe and hit the bell to stay notified when the episodes come out. Really important, you guys. I don't want you to miss any episodes. We got a lot of amazing content coming out. So I want you to stay on top of it. Also, if you guys do get value from this, we just ask that you share it with somebody you feel needs it. Or if you want to leave us a review on Apple or whatever other platform, go ahead and do so. It's really greatly appreciated and it helps the show grow. All right. So today's episode, Solo Cast, we're going to go through some questions, a few different well rounded questions so that we can cover different areas, not only to educate you, entertain you, but I want to inspire you guys to think differently right? To change your perspective on the adversity that you face in your life, whether it's now or later, that's my goal. So no matter what it is you're learning, a book, a podcast, it's all useless unless you apply it in your life. All right. So let's get into it. <clears throat> the first question is one around current events. This is around the Will Smith, Chris Rock incident. If you haven't seen it, go YouTube it, then come back and listen to this. I'd love to hear what your perspective is on this in the comments or DMs, whatever you think. But to give you a recap, Will Smith smacked Chris Rock at the Oscars after Chris Rock made a joke, a G.I. Jane joke about his wife, okay? So this is the last time I probably ever want to talk about it or see it or anything, but I felt I should address it because, you know, it's an important issue for a couple of reasons. Firstly, if you're going to sit in the front row at the Oscars, you have to expect that you're going to get Roasted. That's how it's always been in the Oscars. You go to the Oscars, jokes are flying, right? There's always a comedian telling jokes, making fun of people. It's kind of, it goes with the territory. You're one of the most successful people on the planet, actors, entertainers. You're at the Oscars. So you're kind of signing up for that, right? You're kind of signing up for that, especially if you're in the front row. So Chris Rock made a joke. Will Smith got up, smacked him in the face, and then sat back down and later on went to win an award. So the whole thing, I didn't actually see the Oscars. I just saw it after. I just saw my Instagram just flooding in with all of these, these stories and these memes around the slap in the face. And I couldn't tell if it was real or not, if it was staged. And regardless, like, let's just say it's not staged. Do I think it's right or wrong what Will Smith did? I think it's absolutely wrong what he did. Okay. The guy gets paid millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to act and be in movies. So if he can't keep his self-control on the biggest stage in the world for actors and he goes up and smacks a comedian for making a joke, that's not okay. Although I do have compassion and empathy for him because he did apologize. He's human. I get that. Right? He made it. He owned it. He owned it, and that's, that's a fact. He did own it. So on that side, good for him. I personally like Will Smith. I always have. I've been watching him since I was a kid. I don't know him personally. 
I don't really idolize these the, this Hollywood scene anymore after learning about a lot of different things I won't get into on this episode. But at the end of the day, they're all very talented and it's an award show. So look, if you get paid that kind of money to act as a character and you're getting that paid that kind of money, you should be the best at being able to hold your composure during an award show. Wouldn't you agree? That's why it was so surprising to see Will Smith act out like that because these guys, gals, guys, whatever you want to call them, they all play roles. They all have to be somebody else and control themselves in that role. So that's why I don't understand how he lost it. It's not okay. It's not okay to get up and smack somebody in the face like that. It's just not. Whether you agree with what Chris Rock said or not, Chris Rock didn't know about Jada's condition. Half the time, I don't even know, but most times, if not all times, those jokes are all made beforehand. I don't even think that the comedians write them. I could be wrong, but I don't believe that they do. They're, it's just, it's supposed to be a fun, entertaining show to celebrate these great actors and performers. So I thought it was just ridiculous to see that. So that made me think, well, is this staged? I don't know. I don't know if it's staged. At this point, I don't think so. The way Will Smith was quivering with his mouth, you could tell he felt bad, but it still doesn't excuse him, right? So the underlying issue here is, this is what concerns me, is that why did he do it? What was the reason? Well, he was triggered by something around his wife, and he felt some... I'm, I'm, I, from my perspective is he was embarrassed that first of all, he's getting his wife's getting called out. He was kind of laughing at first. And then he saw a reaction with her. So he felt he had to stand up and, and defend his wife. Fair enough, but not the place to do it. Right. And there was some sort of wound that was triggered through him that he hasn't dealt with that all of us have, most of us have things that trigger us. When we get triggered and we want to react emotionally like that, it's because there's something there that we need to deal with. We're all human, whether you're a billionaire or you're a poor guy on the street, a, a bum on the street, lack of better words. You get what I mean. Whether you have money or you don't, whether you're successful or you're not, we all have things that we're dealing with. And you don't get a pass because you're, some famous actor. I mean that in you can't escape the issues that you need to deal with. Right? So Will Smith clearly has a trigger, clearly has a wound that he hasn't dealt with. So what happened? It came out. He lashed out. Now, I'm sure that he regretted it the second he did it, as would any of us. And, you know, who knows? We can't say if, me, you, or anybody listening wouldn't have done the same. But we'll never know that because we aren't in that situation. But what I can say is that the choice he made was wrong. So now what he can do is learn from it. What he can do is what triggered me? What really bothered me about that? Like, was it, was it an embarrassment? Was it something that I, was, I felt bad for my wife? Was it something had to do with like, past complications because him and his wife have been in the spotlight with a lot of things. So maybe it was one of those things that just burst. Fair enough. Whatever. He made a mistake. He's human. 
he shouldn't be canceled for it. Maybe he should. I don't think he should lose his Oscar. I just think maybe next year, hey, Will, you're not going to be able to present. We need to set a precedent. Maybe not. You can't attend next year's awards. That's that's it from my perspective. I like to have compassion for people, but I mean, at the same time, like it was pretty, it's pretty out there, right? And he did win the award. I don't think taking his award away is the right idea, but I do think that whatever discipline they come up with is probably okay. But it's just a weird situation. It just, yeah, it's still, it's, it's shocking to me that that even happened. But you can't escape the wounds and the things that you need to heal. Like I said before, no matter how successful you are, there's still things that'll come up. And those triggers are great lessons. So I'm sure with Will, I'm sure he's going to learn now and really figure out what that is. And it's actually going to help him in the end. And look, at the end of the day, he's going to sell more books now. No publicity is bad publicity. He's going to go and his book just came out. It's going to skyrocket. I already see on Netflix, his, his shows are popping up. His movies are everywhere. You know, I, I can only imagine that popularity is going to grow. And same with Chris Rock. So who knows? Was it a big plan? I don't think so. If it was, nothing, sh- nothing surprises me anymore. But at the end of the day, it wasn't okay what Will Smith did. I think he knows that. I think most people can agree. And yeah, I think it's just time to move on from it and learn from that. Learn that those triggers are our biggest teachers. And now he's going to be that much better, wiser, and smarter for it. So. All right. Next question. This is a great question. And it is how, how do I overcome failure? So failure is an interesting one because if you really break it down, what is failure? Failure is not reaching a desired outcome of something that you wanted to achieve for whatever reason, right? You had a goal, you had something you wanted to do and you, you fell short, right? Fair to say it was a shortcoming. So now what you, when you don't achieve something or fail at something, and I want to get into that word failure because I don't think it really, I don't think it really serves that well at saying failure, but just in, in, in this conversation or in this Q and a, I just kind of want to address two sides of this. So failure is feedback. Failure is receiving information. It's information you wouldn't get if you succeeded, because usually if we succeed, we just keep going. We don't pay attention until we hit a block until we don't succeed at something. So the beautiful thing about failure and that I recommend not being afraid of it is because every time we fail or have a shortcoming of a desired outcome, then we get an opportunity to assess what we did, what worked, what didn't work. Am I actually, do I actually want to do this? And how can I show up better? Right? Like getting real clear with yourself because a lot of people here's where they go wrong with failure is that they 
fail at something or don't hit something, and then they jump back on the horse right away and go after it again. Here's the problem with that, is that you don't have the information, the right feedback to understand why you failed in the first place. So when you can look at that stuff, when you can look at the data, essentially, right? The facts of what you did, how did you perform? What did you do? What did you learn? If you don't take that and apply that and really look at that, then how are you ever going to achieve it the next time? You're just going to do the same thing. That's why when in sports teams, people look at game footage or whenever you're, you're doing something and it doesn't go wrong, you want to look at, well, how did we get here? What was the reasons we didn't, we didn't, we didn't get to the, our, our goal, right? Where can we improve? What can we do better? Aimlessly going after something without taking the time to think, think through of like, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? What can I do better? Do I actually want to do this? Then you're really robbing yourself of the process. And the process is, the, is really what the goal should be, the journey, right? You learn from the journey. A lot of times people have too much riding on the outcome. They put too much they put too much emphasis on the outcome or the end result because of a projection of how they think it should be. And a lot of times it's bullshit because you don't actually know. So if you have the intention or the goals but you're okay at understanding, look, how I get there, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. I'm going to fail often. I'm going to fail a lot. Being okay with that in general is a great liberating feeling. Not saying, oh, I'm good. I love failing. I'm going to keep failing on purpose. No. What you want to do is just understand that the journey to the thing is never linear. It's never always easy. And you are going to be challenged. So if you do come up short in certain areas, that's okay. The, but you're not going to learn unless you do fail at things. So the more things you fail at, guess what? The more lessons you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna receive. And also to the other point is that if you don't try out a bunch of stuff when you're younger, in your teen years, in your adulthood, 30s, 40s, whatever age, if you're not trying things out, how are you going to know what you like versus what you don't like? If you just do one thing and you don't take risks and don't risk the, the failure aspect, then how are you ever going to know if, you, if you're meant to do that thing or not? Because we don't learn unless we try. So yes, seek failure because it is feedback. There's just a way I'm trying to word this here is that I'm not saying just go and like put that vocabulary into your mouth that I have to fail to be successful. That's not what I mean. What I'm saying is that if you know where you want to go, just be okay with how the journey unfolds. And you may fail at things along the way, but all that's doing is showing you information that you can course correct with. So be okay with the good, the bad, the ugly, and be okay with failing. Because the more times, the more lessons you learn, the more clear you can get at what the end result is. Because sometimes when you try something and you fail, it's actually a blessing because then it leads you to something else. But if you're so stuck 
on one way and you're not open, then you're going to keep failing at this thing because you're not taking the feedback. You're not listening to yourself. And it's like you're running into a brick wall that you're not even meant to be going through. This is why it's so important that when you try things, take a pause when you do fail, reassess the information you've received, and then course correct and go at it again. That is so important. Again, if you fail, give yourself a moment. What did I do well? What could I do better? Do I really want this? And then go after it. Work with yourself and ask questions like that. Create your own. But just think of the failure as an opportunity to learn, just like adversity. It doesn't have to be a stopping point. It's a catalyst to greatness, to a greater level. So thank the failure because you probably didn't succeed at that thing for a reason. And every time you do fail, it gives you an opportunity to get better. There's a second part to that, and that's the language around we, what we give these words. So let's use failure, for instance. There's a negative feeling to that, almost like a shameful feeling, right? Oh, I failed. And we've been taught failure, bad, bad boy. And it's just not true. If you can change the language and your perspective of these words, failure means lesson. Failure means information. Failure means feedback. Failure means, okay, reassess. Doesn't mean the end. The only time you fail is if you quit completely. If you're pursuing a goal as an entrepreneur or you want to be a pro athlete or a musician or whatever it is you want to do, and then you just all of a sudden throw in the towel, sit on, sit on the couch for the rest of your life, eating potato chips and ice cream, never exercising, watching Netflix and letting your life just drift away, we can say that's a failure, right? Because you've quit. You've literally quit on life. But until you understand that you don't really ever fail unless you quit, no matter what. And most of us, if you're listening to this, you wanna, you're not a quitter. You may have had some roadblocks and now you want to go a different direction. But if you don't quit life in general, if you don't give up on things and you just learn and grow, then you're not really failing. But it's this language that we put around these words and they hinder us. So yes, words are great for us having an understanding of the meaning of what it is, but it's also the meaning we give these words. Failure. Can, doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. Just understand that if you allow these words to limit you, you're limiting your whole ability to be successful. And I've learned this in my own life too, right? Because when I think of failure in the past, it makes me feel bad. It made me feel, oh, you really, you really messed up. You really suck at that. You really, you're really letting people down. And it's unnecessary shame that, we, that I put towards it. It's unnecessary. Because all the things that I failed at actually were blessing because now I'm here doing this, living the life that I actually meet, I'm passionate about and actually coming from a different place of what I actually want to do. So if I would have done those things and succeeded, then I'd actually be down the wrong path. But who knows? Those paths might have been fine as well. But this has brought me, those failures have brought me to this. And I never quit 
So now my language has changed around the definition of what failure is. It's just information. It's, it's only failing if you quit. So understand, when you hear the word failure, feedback, information, course correct. Boom, let's go. That is the true empowered human. That is the warrior spirit that I talk about coming out of my book. Being a really empowered and human being with a, a warrior spirit in all areas of your life, looking at things and, and taking ownership. Taking ownership also means taking time to pause and reassess before we attack the goal again. All right. I hope that helps. Question number three, what strategies have you implemented to allow law of attraction to be effective in your life? This is a great question. So think about it like this. Law of attraction is one law. A lot of people focus on that law. <laughs> There's many other laws too, but this one is very important because it's top of mind for most and people want to understand like how it actually works. This isn't a woo-woo concept. This isn't. This is actually, there's science behind it. So to break it down in the most simple terms, like attracts like. We are made up of energy. We are made up of frequency. Okay, makes sense? That's what we are at the quantum level. We are literally a vibration. So the highest vibrational frequencies that there are is love, joy, happiness, gratitude, all of that. They, they're very, they produce a very high frequency. Shame, guilt, anger, fear, very low vibrational frequencies. So when you are able to get to that frequency of the high frequency, the high vibration, when you're able to get there, if you can play in that area of love, gratitude, joy, bliss, guess what's going to happen? You're going to attract more of the same. If you bring your frequency and energy down to that low level, low frequency, you're going to attract more of that. So, how do you get to the high level of frequency? The easiest way is to just think about those moments when you're, you don't have a care in the world. You're with some friends, you're with some family. You just feel amazing. Time just disappears. You just feel happy. You don't care. You're just like, things are flowing. Things are coming in. You're just loving it. You don't question anything. Your heart is open. When you're feeling joy, love, happiness, your heart is open. And it's so powerful. And the way to get to those high frequencies is to learn how to open your heart. So pay attention to the things that get you, give you joy, give you love, give you that feeling of bliss. Because that is the area that you want to play in when it comes to sending your energy and putting your energy into, like if you're going to be working on your business, think about it. What energy do you want to, do you want to focus and uh, 
steer into your business? Do you want to have that high frequency? Or do you want to have, do you want that to be the focus of your business? Do you want that energy going into it? Or do you want that low level, that sadness, that guilt, that fear? You want the high level, right? Because what you're going to do is it's going to amplify everything you're doing. This is why it's so important that, for instance, in my life, I've realized that when it comes to my business and when I'm talking about things that really matter, I have to be super mindful at where my energy's at and how I speak about things. Because if I speak about abundance and growth and expansion and love and happiness and growth and all the things within my business, then all of a sudden these opportunities come. The people come. There's no, there's no limitations. It's literally opening up the expansion of, of the unlimited possibilities. That's from when my heart is open. Everything is easier. Nothing seems challenging. But when I close my heart, when I get angry, when I get frustrated, that's when I, it's literally like closing, closing it, like turning the tap off of energy. And, I, and you get stuck in this like low frequency. And I've noticed that if I put energy into my business conversations, I'm on my phone and WhatsApp, everything that I'm feeling just perpetuates in not only in that conversation of my business, but outwards too. Everything around me just feels like harder and like there's, there's just shit is going wrong. It just, it happens that way. So we need to be mindful of what energy do I want to be at? How do I get there? And how can I be mindful of when I'm putting energy into things that really matter to me and when I'm deciding to pull away? So for me, I have to now, I don't want to put negative, shitty, dark energy into my business at all. If I'm feeling that way, first of all, I need to pull out and go, this isn't a good opportunity for me to go into my business. This isn't a good opportunity. I don't want to start looking at finances or money or anything to do with that when I'm feeling that level of, say I'm, I'm, I'm in like a fear state or an angry state. I don't want to perpetuate that into anything to do with my finances. So I've learned now the awareness that when I start to feel like that, I need to pause and then I need to take a step back and I, I need to go and change my energy. And that could be as simple as going and drinking water, doing some push-ups, going and sitting in the sun, going for a workout, and then revisiting the same situation later when I'm in a better state. This is very important. So state management is the same as frequency and energy. When we can monitor and be mindful of our energy levels, then we can understand when we want to put that into our, the things that matter. And if we do fall out of that high energy, high frequency state, we want to not put that into things that matter because those feelings and emotions and energy is going to perpetuate into whatever we're doing. So this is where the awareness of where you're at in your state is so important. So then the next thing is how do I, how do I get to that state? Like what brings me to the highest level of frequency and what brings me out of it? You don't know what brings you out to the highest level unless you know what takes you out of it. So this is an inventory of your life. I talk about this a lot. What are you eating? Are you drinking enough water? Are you exercising? Are you getting sunshine? Are you doing things that inspire you? Are you working on things towards things that goals that you want to do? 
there's so many things that can bring us joy and actually deflate us. But at the end of the day, it's us. Those are just external things. You have to be real with yourself and say, what things do I do in my life that bring me to the highest level? When, when have I felt amazing lately? What did I do? It's important to pay attention to that and mimic that in your daily routine and pay attention as to when you get pulled out of it. Well, when I go and eat a large pizza, I feel like shit 30 minutes later. Okay, well then maybe not eating a large pizza before a meeting is a good idea, right? I, I'm just saying that we don't know what works for us and what doesn't unless we try it. So if we try and we, we realize which things bring us to the highest level of energy, we want to do more of those things and we want to do them more frequently. And we want to do less of the things that rob our energy and bring us down to a low frequency. And that is a personal journey. Now you can do meditations that can change your energy. You can do workouts, you can do breath work, all of those things, but you have to know what works for you and you have to try them all out. So back to my, my life and a story around me is that this has been the game for me is realizing when I get to this level, what, what gets me there? What gets me to the highest frequency? What can I do? And what brings me out? And I've, I've really realized now the things that give me the best energy and the things that don't. It's, it's self-awareness and it's really understanding and paying attention to those moments in your day. There's times where I drink too much coffee and I'm like, ooh, okay, hit my threshold. Maybe it's time I go off coffee for a few days or a couple weeks, right? I didn't drink enough water. Ooh, I really noticed that today. I, I just didn't feel as clear on my conversations. It made me feel low energy. Okay. I didn't exercise today. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. I know that when I do exercise and I do go to the sauna, I feel a lot better, a lot clearer, and things are flowing. Hmm. Note to self, make sure I'm exercising. For me also, if I go and eat a very heavy breakfast with high carbs, I'm drained. I very, eat a very, very small breakfast. I have some sort of tea or coffee with like a lot of fats, collagen protein and maybe some eggs. I don't eat heavy because I know when I eat heavy, it takes the energy away from me and I go into digestive mode and then I get foggy. Same with if I eat fruit during the day. If I have too much fruit, I get tired. But these are the things that I've noticed. I cannot eat sugar. Sugar pulls me right out and makes me feel like a bag of shit. This is different for everybody, but this is our responsibility as humans is to figure out what brings us up? What brings us down? This goes back to the law of attraction is that if you can understand that law and you can, set, you can understand that I need to get to the level of love, joy, happiness in order to bring more abundance into my life, then I need to be aware of all the things I'm doing, all the actions. I need to figure out how can I open my heart and keep it open the whole day. There's a great book called The Untethered Soul. Highly recommend it. Opening your heart to the level every single day and keeping it open is the most important thing you can do in your life. That is the doorway to more abundance and more happiness. I've tested it. It works. But opening your heart and keeping it open, 
it can be challenging because of all the external things. We go on our phone and we react to people. We eat bad. We don't exercise. All the things can contribute to slowly closing that heart. So what I'm saying is like the basic, the most simple thing I can say for you to take away with how can, what is a strategy that I've implemented the law of attraction to, to make sure that it works in my life is to be super, super hyper aware of your state. Super aware. Figure out what gets me so joyful and happy. What opens my heart to the max? What takes me out of it? What brings my energy levels down? If you can master that, if you can master how much social media time that you can handle without it robbing you of your, your, your energy, if you can master your sleep, if you can master the things that help you and you really pay attention, you're going to master your life. That's the key because everything is emotions. And how we face adversity and the challenges in our life all comes down to how we're feeling in that moment. From the past stories that we have that are limiting us to what we do right now to, that limits our own energy. So be super mindful. Be 100% accountable for what you do and what you consume. And learn to get to the place where you can keep your heart open as long as possible. Whew, that was a big one. Okay, last question. I was going to do just three, but I'll do four today. What are some common reasons why individuals tend to get stuck in the negatives of life? We kind of touched on this just now. A little bit. What are some reasons, I'll read this again. What are some common reasons individuals tend to get stuck in the negatives of life? Because they allow the thoughts of the negative thing to be in the driver's seat of their life. Thoughts will come and go. We, this is why meditation is so powerful because you're an observer of thoughts, good thoughts, bad thoughts. If we accept and acknowledge the thought, it's that it's not ours, it's just a thought, and then we allow it to go, then those negative thoughts will pass. But what happens is a lot of people get stuck in the negative because there is a lot of negative around. They focus on lack. They focus on what they can't control. They become a victim. And that perpetuates more into their life. This is what I was saying about law of attraction. If you stay in that low vibration, that low frequency, shame, guilt, you want to play in that field, you're going to get stuck in that negative field. So in order to switch that, Ask yourself what stories you are allowing, which part of you are allowing to sit in the driver's seat. Are you allowing the pessimistic side, the person that doubts everything, the person that sees the bad in everybody, that fears everything, scarcities, trying to squeeze and take from people and not realizing that there's enough for everybody? Or are you the person that sees the good side of people, optimistic, the gratitude for what you have? really focusing on what you have. Focusing on the beauties in life because there's so much beauty out there. If we shift how we look at these things, there is so much beauty out there that, we're, that we miss. But society and consumerism and all this stuff makes us want to feel like we're less than and that we're lacking things. So we always feel like we need to go and get something in order to be whole. 
I will get out of this negative place when I achieve this or when I buy that or when I get this person. It's not that. You have to be completely responsible for your own thoughts. And that if you allow these thoughts and you allow your perspective to run away with you when you're in a negative state, that's your own choice. I know it's not easy, but this is the dance. This is the game of life is to that when you are presented with something negative, how do you process? Do you allow that to take over all your real estate or do you observe it, acknowledge it and go, hmm, that's not what I want to consume my thoughts right now. I'm going to move on. It's up to you. For example, I've noticed that when I watch, let's say I give myself some time to watch Netflix or some podcasts, whatever it may be. I have noticed that I can start to get into a negative pattern by listening to more and more of like the, the stuff that's going on in the world, politics, the pandemic, the wars. Then I'm like, wow, what am I doing here? What am I, what am I, why am I continuing to want to attract more of this? I've noticed that when I watch movies, like how does this make me feel? What am I going to get out of this? And back in the day, this is something I talk about a lot as a huge pinnacle moment for me. I talk about it in my book, Mastering Adversity, that's coming out soon. Is that I used to read a lot of like biographies around rock stars and hockey players and athletes that would get involved in partying and drugs and their life would go down the toilet. And then I asked myself, why do I want to read this shit? What is this doing for me? I felt low all the time and it, it made me feel negative and it made me feel like that's who I was and I'd perpetuate more negativity in my life from how I was feeling. But then I slowly was like, wait a second. That negativity isn't me, but I'm allowing it to be the dominant thought. So when I'm allowing that to be the dominant thought, I see the negative in everything. I see the negative in every opportunity. I see the negative in people. Because that's how I'm feeling about myself. So if you're constantly feeling negative about yourself, about all the things in your life, how else do you think you're going to see the world in a negative way? So this is the invitation is to ask yourself, why are things negative? What are you being negative for? Figure out what brings you to that negative state. So then when I switched and started reading things, I talk about the power of now as being the book that changed my life. I started to understand that what I put into my mind has, a, has an impact to how I feel. And then I started to create more presence and realize that the negativity that I'm, I'm, I'm seeing, it comes from the past stories that I'm running in my mind. And when I see something that reminds me of something I've been through already, it brings more negativity. So people get stuck in these old stories because something didn't work out before, because somebody hurt them, or because whatever this is, whatever happened, they think the future is going to be that way. So when they get, when they watch negative things, it confirms all their beliefs. So then they just become negative all the time. But until you can realize that those stories of the past are all just, that's it, the past. They're not you. They don't define you. That negative shit that you've been through doesn't need to be the movie you're running forward. If you change up what you're consuming, positivity, optimism, 
people that help you grow. You're listening to podcasts that help you grow. You're reading books that help you grow. You're going to start to think differently. And then what's going to happen? You're going to see things differently. This is why if you're a negative person, the first best thing I can recommend is get a gratitude journal and start focusing on, first of all, five things you're grateful for and why you're grateful for them. Feel it. And then start with five things that you're grateful for and why about things that you want to manifest or bring into your life. Say you have a dream job or you have something you want to achieve. Put yourself in the future tense of already having that. And then thank God or the universe for it after you've written it. If this sounds silly, trust me, don't knock it till you try it. Do it for 30 days. I talk about this so much. This completely changed my negative attitude. This is how you get unstuck. By monitoring what you allow into your psyche, what you plant shit, you put out shit. So start to plant things that are healthy, that are, that are good for your brain. Cut out people that bring you down, suck the life out of you. It's your responsibility to monitor these things. If you're feeling negative from your phone, turn the phone off. Put it in your room. Get rid of it. Disconnect from things that suck that life out of you and start focusing on what you have, the gratitude. Start there. Start focusing on all the things you've achieved and why you're grateful for them. Start thinking about the things you want to achieve and why you're grateful for them now. The closer you get to that feeling, the more you start to program your subconscious as a habit of being gratitude, things will start to change. Some people say gratitude journaling doesn't work. It's bullshit. It does work. Here's why it works. Gratitude journaling works because you're reprogramming a habit. People go, well, why don't you just sit and be gratitude? Why don't you just sit and be grateful? Yeah, it's easy to say. But if somebody that doesn't understand what that means, it's repetition. And it means writing. And it means like thinking and writing and feeling it. It takes time. Some people are so deeply programmed into negativity that it's, it's really hard for them including me. So I had to do it. I still have to do it. When I'm falling out of alignment and I'm getting into negativeness, I have to pull back and go, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Where am I showing a lack of gratitude here? Because it is, really is. Every negative moment is a lack of gratitude. Every single negative thing that's happening can be spun as a lesson or something that empowers you. I know it's hard. I know we go through hard situations, but it can always be worse for everybody. Everybody has a, there's somebody that has it worse for than you do. So always think when I'm in the shit, how can I change how I think? How? Because that is when gratitude is the most important. Not when you're on top of the world. I'm so grateful. It's when you're being challenged and you're in that negative space. How can you be grateful when you're in that space? And if you can master flipping that switch to seeing, the optimism, the good in people, the good in situations, the learning, the growth, the lessons, nothing will seem as hard because you've mastered the ability. And sometimes that's hard. That's why I was mentioning earlier, changing your state, changing how you feel is going to help how you see the perspective in front of you. So negativity, getting unstuck of negatives is really about self-awareness, learning about the stories that you tell yourself. If you need to heal these stories of trauma, then that's your duty in life. If you want to shine 
the brightest that you can and help the most people, then fucking figure out what those are and get after it and start healing it. Invest in yourself and start working through that stuff because it's going to help you how you see life. It's going to be a representation of how you feel and what you show to the world. So the deeper the healing you got to do, commit to it. But that won't come until you start to become aware of what you do first. You have to be mindful of why you have negative thoughts, the beliefs around them, and where they come from. And then you can kind of get clear on what kind of work you have to do. But at the simplest way for negative people out there, I was one of them. I can be. I come from a very negative background at times. I'm a very happy, optimistic person, but I can be a very negative prick at times, which I'm very, very good at getting. I'm, I'm getting away from that, but I'm just calling it as it is. I go through days where I get into negativity and what do I do? I have to figure out, holy shit, what brought me here? How do I get out of this? Then I go to go to the journal. I got to go and reflect on the things I do have. Then I go meditation. I go work out, whatever that is, slam some water. And then I go, whew, all right. Ooh, that was not good. I was being very negative. But that's the awareness. I don't allow myself to go down that loop for too long. When I do, I do my best to catch myself. Am I perfect? No. But it's catching ourselves. Because just because you have a negative thought doesn't mean your whole life is negative. Right? You can, catch, you can think something negative and then you start to think every aspect in your life is negative. I've seen it. I've done it. The whole day unravels. And I'm like, where did that come from? So be mindful when that negative thought comes. Understand it's not yours. But if you do continue to constantly think negative thoughts, be negative, then you really need to come back into what do I need to do to fix this? And the most basic thing is get a journal and start working on gratitude. Start sitting still with your thoughts, meditating. Exercise, essential. And you'll realize if there's deeper work that you need to do, you have addictive habits, you have addictions or whatever it is, then you can start to assess what you need to do for that. All right. I hope that helps everybody. That was a lot. It was longer than I wanted to go, but I think it's important. We discussed how to overcome failure. We discussed the Will Smith incident. We discussed strategies to implement that I've implemented and to help you guys with law of attraction. And what are some common reasons why individuals get stuck negative aspects of their life. If you guys got value from that, I'd love to hear your comments. DM me on Instagram. Please leave us a review if you feel called to do so. I really love hearing you guys, the reviews. It really, that brings me so much joy. That Talk about heart opening. If you guys want to help me open my heart, send me those reviews. I really appreciate it. <laughs> you guys, lots to look forward to. Mastering Adversity is going to be coming out in June. Unlock the Warrior Thin. Turn your biggest struggles into your greatest gifts. That's my book. Put my heart and soul into. If you guys want to get on that, the pre-sale list, there's going to be um, a link in the show notes that you can get on. I'm going to send everybody a little bonus. I haven't decided what it is yet for getting on that. But if you are new to the show and you want to join our email list, that's the best way to do so. We don't spam you, but you'll be on top of the book stuff. You'll get all the, you'll get an email with the podcast episodes and everything that we got going on. Working on a lot of amazing things right now. Courses, TEDx talks, lots of stuff. And there's always stuff in the works that I want to share with you guys. So 
Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. And most importantly, I love you guys and all the new people that have been rolling in lately. I really appreciate your support. Follow me on Instagram, lance.esios and DM me any questions you guys got or email my team and I'll do my best to answer them. All right, much love everybody. We'll catch you next time.